Nothing Matters uh, by uh, British uh, pop sensation it band, uh, The Last Dinner Party. Uh, they say fuck they in the chorus. In the Ooh. chorus. Ooh. <laughs> wow. They say they'll fuck you. Yeah, whoa. And that's oh, it's a pop hit where they say that's the worst kind of fuck of say, of the way to say the word fuck. Yes. Um yes, yes. Uh the uh British all-female quintet have only released this single. Uh they've already receiving a lot of um uh criticism. And uh, uh-huh. the discourse is not all friendly. They've been called Nepo Babies and Industry Plants. Um, they have toured a lot, but they also uh, were instantly signed to a major label. So, um, but you know, I don't know. Uh, that's the way if you're an all female band with catchy music and uh your you know your chances of being signed to a major label are increased uh he's got um okay talk audio. again i was saying that this yeah yeah, yeah okay uh, so i was yeah. accidentally <laughs> i was accidentally sending your audio through to my track as well uh, up until that point oh that'll sound great uh yeah <laughs> Well, anyway, that's all I have to say. Let's see. Um, you'll be, you'll just be chorusing with yourself the whole time. It'll be great. Yeah, yeah. Um, Everyone wants that. I'm just reading this uh, this article in the Independent about the last dinner party, um, about how it's backlash to the backlash. Why do female artists always have to defend themselves? They can never win. Um, As, well, they're provoking everybody on purpose. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> this wasn't an accident. Um, Maybe it's stupid that everybody gets mad uh, when girls talk about sex in art, but um, uh, this seems uh, extremely calculated. If mm-hmm. this is your only song, if this is your big it is, debut, it is. Yep. Wet Leg faced similar criticisms as the last dinner party, while Scandi pop star. I like that Scandi. Is that just say they say that instead of Scandinavian? That's good. Yeah. While Scandi yeah. pop star Sigrid. I hope it's a slur. Sigrid last year. <laughs> no, it would need to be a little more. Um, um, you know, rhyming slag to be a, a rhyming slang to be a slur. I think, you know, huh. you'd have, I'm trying to think uh, Rusky. That's kind of a slur. Yeah. 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 True. Uh, while Scandi pop star Sigrid last year admitted questions about her versim. <laughs> I just love that use versimilitude. 
<laughs> Questions about her verisimilitude had upset her. That feels like a mean discredit. Wait, people were asking whether she was lifelike enough. Yes. N- not whether she was actually real, but just seemingly real enough. Yes. I guess I guess if you're do you have questions about her appearing to be real? It, yeah. That, that that formulation works, I guess. No, it sounds like you're just presuming, okay, we know you're not real. The question is, do you do, do you appear okay. to be real enough? Yeah. So, um, uh, accurate there, actually there you go. And without meaning to be. <laughs> um uh anyway, catchy song. Verisimilitude. Yeah. Very, uh catchy song. Yeah, it is. Um uh very catchy. Um yeah, I don't think people should be all mad at girls for liking sex, but um uh it seems like they know what they're doing. But they so. should be mad at them for being Nepo babies, I guess is yeah. the are they Nepo babies? I assumed this was some sort of uh, big record company construct. The whole thing. Yeah, that's that's the uh, um, yes. Oh, you missed that part. They're accused of being both industry plants and Nepo babies. Well, they're obviously industry plants. Yes, if this is your one song and you're super popular. Yeah, and your five hot girls. Like, duh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. Um. I mean, there's just no question, really. No. No. <laughs> I gotta show. I'm sending you through the art, the picture, just so you can see the picture in this article. Uh huh. There you go. Um, but Nepo Babies makes sense too. I was just thinking because uh, this is actually a great lead-in if if we're talking about Nepo Babies, actually. Yeah, let's um, let's lead lead me, baby. Uh huh. Okay. Yeah, these girls are cute. Are they? Do we know who they're Nepo Babies of? Um, you don't have to look it up. Just nah, I'm not gonna bother. To know. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. All right. We'll look that up later. But yeah. Um, no, uh, I was just thinking about how everybody's a Nepo baby, um, which is a hint. Um, here, I'll play the song for the audience a little bit here. Um, and we'll talk about a song you just listened to, right? Already? No, I didn't listen to it yet. Oh, you didn't? Okay. Yeah. So maybe let's drop the beat and then actually continue with our conversation after the break in a song or how should we do this? This is uncharted wait, should, territory. Wait, wait how about you? Let me, should I just play it? I'll, I'll just, I'll just listen to it offline right now and we can, we can, I'll, I'll yeah, you do that. It. I'll add it. I'll pull, you'll just add it. Okay. Or you can play it. Yeah. Play some in here.
Yeah, I'm here. Uh, what is this? The is this proving to me that the new metal revival has actually come? It's part of it. It's <laughs> it, but with slightly more nuance. Um, uh, not, slightly. Yeah. yeah. So my sister um, bet a guess who's like whose child. Yeah. This do you is. have any idea? You you uh, have heard of this person? They're very famous. Yeah, I'm sure I could. I, I I feel like I've heard recently about someone's kid that has a band, but now I can't. I can't place yeah. it all in my mind. Uh, no, she's been out there for a while now. Uh, this person? Yeah. It's not Frankie Cosmos, is it? No, that would be very funny. That would be hilarious. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's going to be like someone like Sophia Coppola's daughter or something like that. Close. Yeah. No, it's uh, Willow Smith. Oh, um, okay. Ugh. Yeah. No, uh, who's 22 now, apparently. I just looked that up. Okay. Uh, the song came out last year. Anyway, yeah, it just was a relevant to the question of whether new metal is going to influence kids who are trying to be cool, which whether she is cool or not, I think we can agree that Willow Smith is trying to be cool. Um, Mm -hmm. And uh, also it's interesting because it actually starts out sounding like sort of a a little bit more of a, you know, Interpol-y indie rock thing almost at the very beginning. And then the new metal comes in later, uh, which in particular speaks to the just total jumble of uh, uh of the way that people look back on these things because those are both things that were going on you know maybe the interpol was like right after new metal right after and um you know for for kids going looking back she was born right around that time mm-hmm. uh right yes. you know they they just mix it all up and they don't really look at you know the shitty things as being shitty the way we do which is i'm sure totally true about some like i like disco kind of whereas you know somebody my parents age there are lots of those people who could never forgive disco for its sins uh it's like yeah that was going to be my point is that what's like the uh it's it is surprising that she would go back and like kind of just come to like it's not like i'm i'm rushing to recreate the music from 1982 yeah. um but uh well, I don't know. I could easily imagine that if you had if you had started a banjo, it might have ended up uh, being a little talking headsy. Yeah, Peter Gabriel type stuff. Like, there's there's a lot. There actually, yeah. Okay, okay. I take that back. Obviously, there's a, a lot of good music that came out in 1982 as well. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it seems to me that there's a slight slightly cynical edge to Willow Smith going new metal. Oh, totally. <laughs> I mean, this is again an industry plant. And a yes. Nepo baby. Yes. Which she's the whip my hair back and forth one, right? Yeah, yeah. That's apparently, that was apparently her too. No, she's, this is like her fifth album or something. Well, you know, good for her. What? Did any of these, did any of these people want to be doctors? You know? <laughs> that's like, what if one of LeBron's kids just like, dad, I just, I just really want to go to med school, man. I just want to be a surgeon. They say his second son is actually better than Bronny at basketball, but yeah. doesn't seem to really care about basketball as much. So maybe. And yeah, his, but. He, He's got a very smart dad, so it's possible. Yeah, but that means he probably cares about, like, you know, being a shoe influencer or something like that. (laughs) I I get it. Like, I don't know. No, that that is true. Uh, I mean, yeah, obviously you would have to be – you would have to be very dedicated to go become a doctor with no financial motivation, essentially. True. Yes. Yes. And, you Um, know, uh, all, all, all praise to such people. I don't personally know any of them. Yeah. But I mean, a lot of people who have become doctors continue doctoring long after they need the money. I guess so. 
Yeah. Well, they do it for the drugs. <laughs> the drugs and the uh, the visits from the uh, pharmaceutical sales girls. Yes. Yes. Um, have you ever seen that show, The Nick? I never did. I, it seemed like a good show, yeah, but I never watched yeah, no, it. I never watched it either. Good thrilling. Well, thr- good joke. <laughs> <laughs> good conversation. Um, uh-huh. Uh, I uh, 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 okay. Uh, Anything else to say? Yes, yes, and you don't stop. Cool ID, best rapper, you don't stop. Another fucking hundred fucking dollar freestyle for you and your mind. Come on, yeah, you can never define anything but divine love. I'm a savage beast, (laughs) slightly above average, at least. Nah, preference is relative, my reference is consistently. Uh, bring you to another vicinity, I hit you with the riddles consistently. Dead in the middle, a little triply little did we know that we triggered a fissure in the metaphysical imagery, elegant painted in oil. Love is a flower, see how dissolving the power is dissolving the hours as well. The tower bell at the top. Uh, okay. <clears throat> and welcome to Savage Beast. Uh, I am Joe Gallagher. Uh, and with me as always, uh, indentured servituding away. <laughs> on making this the best podcast you can, it's Paul McLeod. Um, yeah, it's uh, what has it been? It's been like seven years. I think my term is up. There you go. Yes, I think I'm and, a freeman now. Yes, that's true. I'm not using I, that phrase as a you know in any sort of um, no to compare. I think I can be a free holder. Is I guess what I really mean. Yeah, um, yeah. You. This is true. I'd be holding free. You came to this. Uh, country from some uh, dystopian wasteland of uh, uh scotland <laughs> yeah i mean no yeah all my people we landed they all landed in like the carolinas and then migrated throughout the south and you know and had to lord ha- knows what happened back in there they had no, no i'm saying they had to come and make content for seven years <laughs> yeah yeah um now, you know, there doesn't seem to have been a ton of content. My my grandfather was a poster, my dad's dad. Mm. Um, he uh, he essentially made his living running uh, the Society for Computer Simulation. And uh, if you go look at the monthly Society for Computer Simulation, like, newsletter magazine thing, it's, like, got a big, long uh, sort of blog post from John McLeod uh, Jr. Uh, at the at the start of it posting and uh huh that's a good posters posters uh ancestry there yeah really and then my dad is a preacher which is you know weekly posting that's true um, uh so um yeah honestly it runs in the blood um and as we've discussed you know posters have have you know it's it's an ancient art jackers <laughs> jackers ancient. have been shit posting for um, oh yeah. yeah! Since we learned how to chisel cuneiform into, or, or impress cuneiform into clay, or whatever. Yes, yes. I think some of the earliest written, uh, ra- you know, records are, or well, the earliest written language. I think there's there's like a bunch of jokes and and like. Yeah, I think the oldest inscription is some graffiti yeah. about how the the king sucks cock or something yeah. like that. Yes. Um. Good for you, Jacker. We. Uh, we break bread. We, we break bread with you thousands of years later. Indeed, um, under the same moon. Um, I mean, like, and if I died knowing that, like, my inscription 
about how the king sucks would be read thousands of years later and people would chuckle about it like i would die happy that's that pretty good awesome. no no that's pretty yeah. good yeah so i hope i hope he had some inkling that this might last yeah i mean there can't have been a whole lot of writing around so when he did it it must have been a pretty high percentage of all the written language in the world to that point so yeah and everyone's uh, like uh you know like uh uh, you know, Jedias, the the writer, he's out there writing again. Uh. <laughs> this fucking asshole. <laughs> Showing off. We just put in a new goddamn sidewalk, and he came in and printed some shit in it. Now, I guess that'd be a good, probably like the, there were like writers back then were kind of like uh, skateboarding kids now, just like annoyingly out there <laughs> writing. Yeah. No, unfortunately, writing was the most boring shit possible at the start. It was just like writing down how much wheat yeah, people how many, how many cubits of whatever. Um, yeah. Nope. It was a tool of power from the start. Yeah. Um, Abolish writing. All writers are bastards. <laughs> um, what, what are we talking about? Uh, Paul, we, uh, since last we potted... Uh, we were together in Hill Country, mm-hmm. uh, magical, yes, romantic, the Hill Country of Texas, romantic journey. Um, um, you know, in a way, we were all in a hot tub <laughs> together. In like the the romantic poet sense, the getting in touch with nature and the the universal life stream of behind all, mm-hmm. it was very romantic that way. The bromantic poets. That's a good one. <laughs> it's kind of romantic poets. Are Adam Sandler and Kevin James and Chris Rock and those guys? Um, <laughs> I take it back. Um, but uh, besides discovering a secret river of black uh, encircling our compound, uh, we mm, also yes. uh, got to uh, audition a lot of our buddy Mark's uh, audio gear. Um, yeah, Mark is the the most eligible to be on this podcast friend that that I have who has not been on this podcast. Yes, I, he's got he brought five figures of podcast gear. I mean, of of audio file gear. Yes, on this trip. Uh, yeah, it drove it three hours into the hill country. Seems forest. to own much much more. Uh, it was. Uh, uh, I mean, you saw the the very you saw the main stuff. He has tubes and he has a sick turntable. True. Um, but actually, other than that, you mostly saw it. Yeah, think, that's true. That's from true. What I can tell. Yeah, yeah. Um, and a uh, uh, couple sets of headphones from ZMF. Mm. Um, one of the best in the business, and I never. What heard does ZMF before. stand for again? Uh, I think it's the, the the name of the dude. I don't know. Well, but it's not his literal name. No, like his what, name is. ZMF. <laughs> oh, but it stands for his name. You're saying. Um. The I I always the thing that always comes into my head is Zodiac motherfucker because there was a commenter on the AV Club uh, website like the Onion AV Club where they review music uh, the same mm. in much the same way we do um, like fifteen years ago who went by Zodiac motherfucker and everybody called him ZMF and he was like the biggest celebrity commenter uh, on all the articles there. And I was so bored at work back then that I used to read like all of the AV Club articles and read their comments, even though I never commented more than maybe once myself. Um, That's like that is um, um, 
that uh, that was a great era when you like the blog the blog <laughs> comments were lit and you just like yeah. you knew all the people commenting and you could like search their comment history to find yeah. other good comments. No, I used to actually yeah, sort of follow along with the culture of the comments on certain sites back mm-hmm. in the day. A true a true like this this is what happens I think to a lot of people in their mid 20s when they have absolutely no actual responsibilities. And their only job really is to like procrastinate and then cram to get things done when their boss is suddenly like, "Hey, where's that shit?" Yeah. Yeah. And the internet was so much smaller back then that yeah. uh, it really felt like you could get into these communities. There wasn't like uh you weren't like And social media anywhere. wasn't as popular, so you might yeah. actually go to a particular website to make online friends. Yeah, exactly. Um ZMF Headphones is uh was founded by Zach Murbach. Mm. So okay. there you go. Um Good ZMF stands for Zap Zach uh Murbach Films. Apparently he was <laughs> uh originally gonna make films, but just kept the name for his company. Yeah, okay. Um, Makes sense. Anyway uh, nice headphones. Yeah, yeah. These these headphones run you, you know, a couple grand. Um beautiful looking, beautiful sounding. Uh we plug them into very a, comfortable. Yeah, I, so comfortable. That, that's my complaint with my clipshes is they actually do kind of hurt my head after the end of an album. Yeah, same to my uh, my IDs, which are uh, a mere eight hundred dollars. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, although I could upgrade the pads, um, but we plugged them into a ZMF branded headphone amp that had uh, yeah by four the, tubes. Lu- yes, it was by the the actual company is Lulu something. I can't mm-hmm. remember their name. Uh, and yeah yeah crazy crazy amp Continue. and of course a DAC and a preamp um uh-huh. even just for uh listening to our digital uh, yes it was a topping DAC, i believe mm-hmm. um and uh yeah you know the i guess the the uh literal ten thousand dollar question is uh you know do you get an experience uh that seems uh you know to be worth the money and uh you know I, the answer is is yes i mean if you accept the the general premise of spending money on good headphones the answer is yeah i think yes i mean that you know uh we didn't get the chance to switch out and see which of the components really added to the the sound or not uh but um you know, whether, well, with the headphones, we could tell differences between those. We could, yeah. I mean, more like yeah. you know whether the the you know amp and the yeah and such were um, you know worth the extra three thousand dollars or whatever for those. Um, but uh, yeah, I had a you know especially when I got into listening to Siamese Dream um, on the closed back mm-hmm. headphones and just really found a uh, a precision to the 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 guitar tones and the way the sound kind of really uh i just felt like i was hearing it perfectly for the first time yeah um no the detail on those headphones was crazy yeah um uh i don't know if anybody listening cares what we think about five thousand dollar headphones or five thousand dollars worth but in general it's an interesting topic it is it is you're right no um uh, I would I would recommend if you do ever get a chance to listen to somebody's really nice headphones set up, it's definitely interesting. And bring along like your shitty headphones too, so you can listen to them side by side. 
Um, no, I thought those were really cool. Uh, they were beautiful. And it's, uh, it's funny too, because it's like they're, those ones compared to mine are like clearly more like accurate and precise. Mm-hmm. Um, and also I'd probably rather prefer to listen to my less accurate ones, um, because of my just addiction to, uh, slam as audiophiles say. Right. Um, Although I'm sure you could find so, a, a $3,000 headphone. I'm not sure. I've never listened to any other headphone that slams like the ones I have do. Um, but you're right. Maybe it's out there. I don't, and I've never heard anybody say like, Oh, this is the $5,000 headphone that will, uh, like, I think once you get up to that level, it's all guys who fetishize detail and clarity. Yes. True, 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 true. Um, yeah. Guys being operative. I've, have I met one woman who's (laughs) super into headphones? I'm trying to think. Yep. No, it's it's all guys. It it actually might I, literally be. I'm trying to think if I have met one woman. Um I don't think I have. <laughs> no. Nope. Nope. <laughs> they are the wisest. Why sex. I mean like why is it the most gender segregated thing? I guess cuz it's nerdy. Like I women <laughs> are nerds. I don't get it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's even like more so than cars or uh, yeah yeah that chicks like cars yeah um maybe because there's this like nothing masculine sexy about it i don't know because like cars are at least like you know like there's a you know tough cool guy factor to it yeah I don't know. yeah no it's I, I think that um um it, it's there there may be an actual just barrier to entry in terms of like you know, gatekeeping. Uh, it might yeah. just be, uh, yeah, yeah, no, it might be an unfriendly culture for women. Yeah. That's totally possible. Yeah. I mean, the thing is though, like I've been to a meetup of headphone guys and yeah. it's all just like shy, nice nerds. Like, you know, they would never be mean to a woman. They would just sort of be in awe of her if she was there. <laughs> yes. Yes. And probably make her, she, maybe that's what makes it unfriendly is that these people are just sort of like, Whoa, if a girl shows up. Uh, there was a girl there, but she was like, you know, she was there with a guy. Right. Yeah. 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 I don't know. We'd have to. I'm sure there's a few out there, but uh, uh, I'm sure that. Yeah. And God five, bless them. Head five I, I want to encourage all such proclivities. There's probably a post on the head five forums like, uh, like, are you a girl? Please. Tell us. <laughs> um, no, but I actually I kind of agree with you, like having listened to your headphones like they're, um, uh, you know, I, I think they they did sound really great. They were so full of, they were so powerful um, that I, uh, you know, I really enjoyed them and, uh, you know, probably didn't, I didn't really listen to, uh, I can't remember what song I listened to on those that I compared, but, um, you know, I, I, I wouldn't think that you need anything more than that if you find what you like. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, it's like yeah. the I didn't there. It is impressive, like how crisp things yeah. sound on Mark's headphones for sure. There, but there was you, a, it's not something you would necessarily n- notice missing if you weren't listening to it. Right. Yes. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there was a crazy moment, like I, I think when I was, you know, listening to uh, to Dear Prudence, which is one of the songs I like to use for auditioning headphones and on uh, let's do his open back pair, which means you know I don't, what's the most yeah. basic way to explain it. You could hear that the music is uh, um, the the cups are are actually open and free so that the music can 
travel out of them instead of bouncing around inside. Right. Um, they sacrifice yeah. the privacy of the headphones or the non-annoying, not, or they sacrifice not annoying people near you <laughs> for yeah. better sound quality. Yeah, for the, pr- the purpose of not having like echoes and reverberations yeah. inside the headphones. But then I, I listen to the closed back ones and it's just, you know, the, there's a, uh, sort of a breakdown at the end where the whole band is is you know revving up and getting into it and uh, it really was uh, uh, just a different music listening experience than you mm-hmm. could really find elsewhere because you could hear all these different parts of the band um, so precisely and like com- you know at complete with complete uh, just the power of the music was there too. It was pretty cool. I mean, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it really is like if you sit there and you like pay really close attention, <clears throat> you can definitely hear weird shit and songs, you know, very well that you've never heard before. Yeah. Um, when you go to like full audiophile rig. Um, yeah. And, uh, the question is just whether that's worth five figures. to <laughs> Yeah. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of fucking trouble too. I mean, you know, yeah. And it definitely takes up space. Like, you know, Mark's like headphones are nice because it can be just a corner of one room, but it's, you, you definitely have to have a nice little corner of a room devoted to it. Yeah. Uh, I have to say brought a nice pair of speakers that, uh, actually that might've been my more, uh, in the end I was like, you know, uh, I I need a nicer pair of speakers. Like that's that's yeah. kind of, I like what he had. Like that's that was kind of uh maybe more of the um the consumer urge I got after this. Uh, yeah, as a, as the owner of two pairs of excellent loudspeakers, uh, I agree. Yeah, I mean I like the speakers I have. I haven't set them up actually for uh, a long ass time, but the kids are getting old. It's time for them to feel feel the power of music. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Speaking of which, I listened on my loudspeakers to uh, some of the music we were, t- were about to talk about on this episode. Oh, you don't want to ramble on for 15 minutes before we get to those the other topics? <laughs> I mean, we can if you want. That is all right. Let's talk about uh, let's talk about some music. All right. Actually, here before we do that, I'll give you one funny thing, which is the number one headline on uh, on Pitchfork right now. Um, it's when right-wing extremists crashed the French drone festival, which, uh, I actually do kind of want to read that. (laughs) Can, can we just get the, uh, the leading graph? Yeah. Yeah. Let's find out. So at first I was like, wow, like drone, like I was thinking like flying drones. Oh, (laughs) okay. Yes. And then I looked at the picture more closely Right. and it's two chicks with like black raincoats on uh uh playing like you know those like uh super long horns that they use in the alps whatever yes. the alpen horns that's what they call those right. um because there's like drone metal yeah yeah and they but they're droning like these these you know extremely long horns um because nobody thought to bend them in that country um anyway okay yeah so it's like an open back horn yeah um <laughs> Okay, subhead. Set among ruins that predate Stonehenge, U Origin Festival reshaped the work of Sun, oh, however you say that band's name. Yes. Oh, Pren, 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 Prens, Stephen O'Malley, Callie Malone, and more around meditative surroundings, despite some unwanted guests. Um, which already makes it sound like 
this is more a story about the drone festival and then they decided that the uh right-wing extremists would make for a good headline Mm -hmm. of course yep okay opening graph Time, space, and myth converged last weekend in a seaside village in western France, where son of Stephen O'Malley held a one-of-a-kind festival, U-Origin, amid Neolithic ruins. For three days, O'Malley and a small group of collaborators immersed themselves in the Karnak Alignments, a prehistoric structure stretching two and a half miles long and estimated to be some 7,000 years old. That's cool. That's awesome. That's where I yeah. would, If I was going to see some drone, that's where I'd want to see it. Yeah, I definitely want to go to the Karnak alignments. Um, incredible name, by the way, for a for a cultural site. Um, it sounds like something that uh, that I invaded as Master Chief in Halo uh, on the on the Covenant's ship. Yeah, I like I like when buildings have a, a a name that's like a word that doesn't seem like it should be a building. Yeah, but that makes sense if you think about it the right way. Like alignments. Like, okay, they aligned some rocks. Okay, I got it. Um, All right. A procession of bells and gongs carved a serpentine path from a mammoth burial mound to a breathtaking expanse of standing stones, where O'Malley and French composer Francois Gébonnet conjured waves of electric guitar feedback. Indigenous artists Raven Chacon and Timothy Archambault Mm -hmm. performed an ambulatory piece alongside O'Malley with flute and percussion. Following the site's geometric lines and improvising according to the contours of certain men here's that's linked, I don't know what that is, along the way. The foundation of the event was a series of hour-long performances held at dusk and dawn, in which an Alphorn ensemble played against an ambient lattice of birdsong and cricket chirps. An otherworldly experience for the 70 or 80 lucky souls played out in the grass among these ancient buildings. Like, was it limited to 80 people? Because I would go to that. Um... Mm. Okay, yeah. skipping ahead. Um, Where are the extremists busting in? I know, yeah. Okay, next paragraph. Above all, it felt like a tribute to the idea that music is, at its heart, a shared experience. Which, okay, that's, <laughs> that's, I'm going to put that on a poster. Uh-huh. <laughs> Motivational. Mm. <laughs> okay, unfortunately, one outside group tried to ruin that experience. You were Saturday trying to night, share it. <laughs> as the crowd made its way to the 17th century church of saint cornelie for a performance by the avant-garde organist and composer callie malone who i do recall thinking is cool uh mm. roughly 15 far-right catholic protesters catholics god damn it blocked the entrance to the church they chanted prayers and held signs electro concert in a church what are our bishops doing that's this is great i love this and my house is a house of prayer it's in all caps in the article Another contingent of extremists, roughly the same size, had already made their way inside the church where Malone's gear was set up for the show. Malone was not on the premises, having not having seen the protesters upon pulling up to the church. Organizers had taken her offsite, fearing for her safety. I mean, all props to Callie Malone, but like you know, let's put ourselves on the line for the music here. Um, yeah, apparently they shut down the 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 con- the concert. Okay. That's uh, eh, pretty boring. Yeah. Yeah, pretty boring. Uh come on people. Uh are you telling me that Sid Vicious would not have played that show just cuz some Christians showed up to yell at him? Um I'm reading And then huh? I'm reading about the alignments now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Let's just stop. This is now a Karnak alignments podcast. The alignments uh, Tell me what a men here is. Um 
uh, a min. Here, I'm clicking. Oh, yeah, it's a standing stone. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but, like, it, apparently the stones, the funny thing is there's, like, so many of these stones. Um, uh, yeah. Men here is from Britonic languages, meaning uh, long stone. Hmm, that's not exciting. Uh, there's just so many of these stones in the alignments that they're, like, kind of annoying to people <laughs> they're like in the way of everything and like people are like we got to keep all these stones up but it's just like rows and rows of stones they're pre- <laughs> you know it's cool that someone put them all up but it's it's also a lot of fucking stones yeah that makes sense actually it's like when your ancient historic monument is just like you know ruining a bunch of otherwise useful land <laughs> yeah yeah or in the way of a road or something but it isn't like quite impressive enough to be like whoa we got to keep this um yeah that's uh, funny. Uh, yeah. At what point? At, when is it? When is a monument a monument? And when is it just like detritus? Yeah. Ooh. These dolmens are generally considered to have been tombs. However, the acidic soil of Brittany has eroded away the bones. Nice. <laughs> Damn, man. Don't even get a cool skeleton. That's brutal. That's metal. <laughs> yeah. We gotta Eat, dr- erode we, my bones. We got a drone to like call the bone dust back. <laughs> I do love electro concert in a church. What are our bishops doing? That is such a good sign. I'm. I, I just really love that. They're getting high and listening to drone metal. Man, they listen to Sun O. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> but I mean, come on, really? Fifteen Catholics show up and the eighty uh, drone heads couldn't like have their concert. Like, come on, people. This There's- is a. Uh, we need to stand up for our rights to to drone out. <laughs> this is just this is the most this is pretty random. But I, you don't have Mad Men. You remember in Mad Men? There's like the the priest that like he's like the young priest. Uh, yeah, that like he's kind and he kind of gets the Colin in. Hanks character. Yeah, Colin Hanks. Thank you. Yes. Um, yeah. And he gets into Peggy, and he's like, yeah, you know. But then oh, he he's like, Peggy. Uh, there's like some scene like where at the end of the episode he's like full of sexual frustration, so he's back in his his dorm like playing uh-huh. his guitar and singing to yeah. singing to the lord he just, you know he just launches into that song yeah it's like what <laughs> it's so great if you're just playing a sun o song instead. <laughs> <laughs> you know he's got a sense of humor i bet we could i bet he could be talked into recreating the scene and yes. just launching into something funny there. yes um, except he's old now that's that was 15 years ago <laughs> that's true yeah um his dad uh, is like super old, and now he's just yes. old himself. Yeah, um, I can't remember the song and he sings, too. but it's a good one. Um, yeah, it's some some classic from the era. Yeah. Um, okay, what do we want to listen to? Uh, wh- um, let's do let's do indie rock first and hip hop later. Just I don't know why. Okay, that sounds good. Yes. 
Baltimore by Sorry from their album Anywhere But Here, uh, an album that came out late last year, and I just listened to it, and uh, it rocks. And that song, I think, shows why I like it so much. Um, I described it to Joe uh, when I sent it to you as uh, the be- one of the best just plain indie rock albums I've listened to in a while, because it pretty much is that. Like It goes through the different modes of indie rock a little bit, but it's all centered around whatever that that term means uh, in my mind. And on that song, I see some of the the things that I think are interesting from particularly British bands, I feel like, lately that are young in doing this, where uh, just interesting syncopated rhythms inside something that uh, rocks pretty hard, maybe bringing a little bit more jazz rhythm adventureness, adventure, uh, adventuresomeness, adventure to indie rock. Uh, adventure, adventure, ness Yes. Uh, <laughs> Paul, uh, this it does rock. Uh, I, I will now uh, associate this song with the breaking news I'm about to uh, tell you, Ooh. which is, oh my uh, god, Jimmy motherfucking buckets has defeated the Celtics in Game One. <sighs> yes. I was kind of. Uh... Yeah, we sacrificed that game for this podcast. Yeah, and, I, uh, I, 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 that rules. I'm sad yeah. I didn't get to see that. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I didn't have hope, but uh, here we are. Um, yeah, uh, it might be a couple days before this comes out, so we're talking about game one here, people. Yes, game one, um, game one. Hopefully, it could also apply to game two. <laughs> a couple days. <laughs> it's gonna be like three weeks. Um, <laughs> no, this. Uh, uh, this is the 2023 playoffs we're talking about, yes. people. Uh, <laughs> Um, not the 2024 uh, playoffs where the Magic right. played the Suns in the finals. Oh, um, God. God, the the actual end of Savage Bees podcast. There we go. <laughs> um. Uh. Okay. So yeah, I did. I did enjoy this uh, album a great deal, and I, I um. I think uh, you really picked up on it. There's a lot of variety in this album. Um, there are a lot of they try a lot of different modes of indie rock, um, and a lot of different uh, slip a lot of different genres in there. Um, whether it's you know from like sort of indie pop rock, there's shoegazy stuff. There's um, kind of jingles and um, you know. Yeah, I got a lot of war upbeat. paint out of it. Yeah, on the war. Uh, yeah. Um uh I wrote in my notes uh um uh, who did Warpaint have a baby with? Yeah, <laughs> this, exactly. This <laughs> no, I I was doing that uh, uh, myself. And honestly, like it was to the point on some of the songs where I was like 
is this a war paint tribute band? Yeah. Um, and is, is it just that I like war paint? Um, but uh, I think they bring enough other things that it's just like, yeah, they're a band that's, that really digs war paint who's been around for fucking over a decade now. Yeah. Um, I, I thought so. I think I settled on there's some build to spill, like meandering but bit. deep lyrics. Um, uh, and sort of the way the songs kind of go off into their own little adventures. Uh, yeah. Some dance. Yeah, and it's always popping up with like, a really awesome riff when you yeah. like when you are, stop expecting one, and then some like maybe like I don't know Daniel Johnston or some other like eccentric eccentric like singer songwriter. There there was some some you know they went out there and actually in some ways um, and I told you that like uh, uh, I became quite disturbed yesterday when I realized the Arctic Monkeys um, whoever you think mm-hmm. I am that's what I'm not is seventeen uh, whatever people say I am that's what I'm not to be seventeen years old. Uh, which yeah. is terrifying. Um, Awful. Yeah, but uh, yeah, something about like the way the Arctic Monkeys and even like Modest Mouse can do a lot of different things on one album, where it's just like you're like I where when I first listened, to that, I'm like I fucking love some of it, and some of the songs I'm like I'm not into this yet, and I'm like I probably uh-huh. will be, but you know it's it's just they they have a they have a wide range. That's that's a long way of saying um, uh, yeah, that's, that, by that's their actually range. true. Yeah, and that's the thing that I feel like gets lost in our less albumy era. Era, yeah. I don't know. I feel like a lot of bands in the '90s tried to be able to play a lot of different kinds of songs, and now I feel like a lot of the bands, even the bands I like, are just trying to do twelve different perfect versions of the same of, of the same song. Like Interpol is the classic version of that. Yeah, just like oh yeah, we have one song, and we're gonna try to we're gonna try to make it awesome a bunch of different ways. Yes, yes. Uh, I wrote that from uh, Key to the City to Willow Tree, which tracks are back-to-back. They go straight from d- very dark to bouncy. Um, yeah. And, yeah, uh, Key to the City, awesome. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and it's uh, – it's, and I would also distinguish it from War Paint, if that's sort of what we're doing here, in that it's, it's a little more pleasant than War Paint at times. Uh, oh, I was actually going to say it's got a little bit more of a nasty streak because go. of Key maybe to the I, City and maybe songs I like find that, that pleasant, <laughs> <laughs> less depressed. Like, <laughs> true, yeah. I mean, War Paint is a yeah. sort of like always sort of chanty, whereas like here we get a little punk snarly. Yeah, uh, and I just I really uh, I recommend. There's a good solo right at the end of There's so many people who just want to be loved. Mm-hmm. It's very deep, Another good song, feedbacky. So yeah, this is good. Where, um, how did you discover this one? It was just on the pitchfork list and plowing through. And that's the way it goes. Yep, yep, yep. And uh, no, they've got some other albums that I'm sure I've listened to, and I need to go back because I don't remember being like, oh. Uh, so, um, good band to watch for the future. I found some pitchfork article recently about like. Am- mu- debates within the ambient music community uh man <laughs> it was, oh it was, it was spotify spotify is like randomly enriching like various ambient music artists by putting them on their like um songs to sleep and chill with playlists oh that then just play for 14 hours yeah so suddenly this artist that's like you know makes like 20 dollars a month is suddenly making thousands of dollars a month on spotify Great. Um, yeah, it's good, but the, uh, you know that's not. <laughs> Let me tell you, the uh, ambient music newsletters uh, are not 
do not universally <laughs> view it as great. Are, is this be, are they mad that this is uh, only happening to some people and not everybody, or like, what's? Ah, uh, they. Think... I mean, like people are listening to ambient music. You fuckhead. <laughs> That's pretty much it. <laughs> yeah, like... yeah. They uh, they think um, there was a lot of fretting that it's now like out of um, uh, the uh, context of uh, the you know where they were originally you know they're not in um they're not being listened to as like ambient music should be what a stupid complaint it is it, I was, mean, it was it was you know in, in the article you're just like shove it up your ass yeah. <laughs> well i get i get that the, it's stupid like to complain about making the money i get that they're like yeah this playlist where you're like yeah this person like actually put a bunch of artistry into their uh yeah into their art it's just like yeah sleep to this music like all right f- you know you could say fuck you spotify but i wouldn't really complain I, about it too much i mean are they if you tell them not to do that are they going to start listening to it while while they're awake no so like what is what is the point here it yeah. seems to me that some ambient musicians finally got money great yeah i'm all for that uh some people Got to sleep well. Great. Yeah. Sounds wonderful to me. Uh, and possibly they'll be exposed to ambient in a way that makes them curious about actually engaging with it in an artistic way later, which is also awesome. Pretty cool. And even if there's a very low conversion rate, it's not gonna, like it's going to make it less likely to happen. Hey, I found some cool songs. I also didn't see any of the artists actually complaining too much about it. Yes, uh, who would? <laughs> like, this is one of the least listened to genres there is. Well, the is artists who are not selected for the playlist... <laughs> Well, of course they're annoyed. Yeah, sorry, I'm make, just making that up. That ambient better, bitch. Like, uh, get out there. But I did find uh, there is. I found a very cool ambient album called "Cicada Waves" by Ben Seraton, uh, okay. which all recorded at some remote cabin in like the the Southern Appalachians of Georgia. And there's like a lot of like rainstorms and and actual cicada noises behind like some really cool. Um, slow piano and stuff it's it was good it's very good nice yeah um i'll put that at the, i'll that put one of those me, at the end of this okay yeah do that that reminds me some semi-ambientish music that i really like is uh from a rival podcast uh radio war nerd mm. uh which is a great uh patreon only podcast uh by uh like Gen X and Boomer guys talking about war in a very funny way. Anyway, nice. Brendan Anderegg is like their music is like their producer, and he they do like a, a music interlude every episode, and they like play you know because he's the guy. He'll play like his whole like four minute song, and they're always sort of like haunting and ambientish and a little bit of motion. I mean, like you know, I guess I guess even uh, Aphex Twins ambient tracks sometimes have percussion and stuff. Yeah. So definitely would qualify as sort of like dark ambient i would say but in a not in a like trying to be horror movie soundtrack way just sort of you know uh interesting it's very good um nice check that out uh maybe i'll maybe i'll break my promise to never try to make music again and make some ambient music you should uh that'd be that'd why would be you cool. why would you be promise not to make art joseph unless I it, pro- your art was being used for on, evil or on something. this uh on this podcast one of my uh we had a i we had a long 
it was like one of my new year's resolutions is to try to make music and at the end of the year i came out and i was like you know i think i'm gonna try and make other art besides music <laughs> oh that's fair <laughs> yes. that but, was many years ago uh it yes, wasn't a promise the- it wasn't a promise but i've i've maintained the uh that des- i've kept true to that decision for my own sanity but i may uh i may go back on it nothing wrong with noodling around with a synth man no um Okay. You get a little app on your phone that turns it into a keyboard that connects. You can play it that way. It's nice. Or a uh, tablet. Yeah. Hell yeah. Um, I gotta. Uh, I gotta piss. But uh, let's okay. let's uh, we'll listen to Billy Woods when I get back. Yeah, we will. All right. Babylon by bus, no tagalongs, it's a marathon trying to run it up. Lake Michigan, a frozen pond, black swan with the bubble butt. Opera glasses clutch from my ugly mug. I administer the food and drugs, monsoon love, oxytocin flood. Red mud ran out the hills like blood. Glistening water bug on clean counter. Plague mask gave the place and cursed me flower. He ran away, I gave chase, but gave up and sat on his gate for hours. Pissing in a bottle. Land post adorned with the missing. Listen, I'm not swimming in the Mars. Parachute twisted and snarled. Just glad I kissed him. I knew the time was borrowed. Yo, stiffs with the blends to celebrate the new wave. Hope a host ain't got himself a 12 game. Not a cotta loop game. Playing devil's advocate, now who's game? Handsome with my B boy, true boy in a B. Cold open, so the focus cameras pan to a freeway. The ransom was a decoy, we pinoid and heat wave. Red herrings nest in the Bible belt. Cash it with the carbine, never can be too safe these days. When the Vistas blind phase, Mike can't call the callus. Dallas overseas kick when debt levels in that was Babylon by Bus by uh, by uh, Billy Woods, produced by Kenny Segal. Sorry, Joe, I just always have to go for the hard tracks with rap. That's a good one. Uh, it uh, the album uh, called Maps. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I think the fact that's one of the harder tracks should indicate the uh, overall vibe of the album. Um, it's a uh, real smooth, uh, a lot of places. It's a real fun album. Um, with uh, it is. Kenny Seagal just uh, having some jazz samples in there, um, some, <clears throat> you know, a little bit of Mad Lib influence, um, uh, and uh, I don't have a lot to say other than I enjoyed this album. It was a very uh, uh, Joe rap album in that there were uh, amusing and at times uh poignant uh lyrics short tracks uh you know a singular idea on each of them um and uh yeah good vibe chill yeah it rules mm-hmm. um damn i'm reading kenny Segal's uh wikipedia and i'm like shit i should become a good uh, hip hop producer. <laughs> he's like, he's like just sort of been dicking around since 2008, kind of producing things. He's two years older than us. Um, and, uh, just in 2018, like sort of things started, kind of started happening. And then he eventually did a collaborative album with Billy Woods. And, uh, yeah, 
He's basically made his whole career in the last five years, and he's 43 years old. That rocks. You just got time. You got time. Yeah. Uh, he's a good producer. I really like his work on this. It's like just the perfect balance of like sort of weird indie hip hop and actually having a beat hip hop. It's like halfway between Vince Staples and what uh, the Griselda projects are like. And I dig that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause I love the Griselda projects, but it's also like just sort of no drums and, you know, vibes for a whole, tr- for a half an hour sometimes. Yeah. Uh, uh, Vince Staples came to my mind as well. That's, uh, that's the kind of yeah. the fun this is. That sort of like sparse, dark, hard beat, uh, thing going on mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, and then Billy Woods, uh, He's one of those MCs who's like just sort of like he always sounds cool. Like whatever he's talking about, I'm not even really sure. When I do catch a line, excuse me, I just burped on air. Um, when I do catch a line, it's like it generally does sound badass, but he always sounds like whatever he's saying is badass. Uh, um, but I don't know. He's in. It, he's one of those rappers who like sounds good without me ever really. Um. You, you you have to like sit there and like pay attention on purpose to really catch what he's talking about though most mm-hmm. of the time. Yes. Would yep. you agree or not? Yeah. Uh I would. Yeah. Uh I, I think it's yeah, if you sit there it's it's uh um <laughs> I'm reading the lyrics. Well, we just had f- major did you hear that thunder? I did. That was thunder? Damn, I thought something yeah. like fell over in your room. No, that must have been right out overhead nice. because it was like flash and then sound. I'm looking at the lyrics, uh, Billy Wood's lyrics to FaceTime from this album. Uh, the first line is, ready to die, it's no biggie. It's a good one. Uh, <laughs> That's a, yeah, see, he's he's definitely clever like that. Yeah. Play stupid games, you fly an easy jet, Bratislava, Utrecht. <laughs> That's a good one. Wait, wait, um, wait, wait. That was too quick for me. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, no, but there. Are, I, I'm. Tr- I was trying to think of some other line from it, but that was. They're like that. Um, yeah, and then there's more from this that's sort of like three oboes, one clarinet. Uh, black rainbows. The night wept. The room smelled like Marrakesh. Dubstep drift <laughs> in the window. I sit at the desk. Uh, nice. Just you know, interesting at times um <laughs> thinking of home the cannabis single origin waffle cone all right oh yeah i did i heard i caught that line actually yeah. while listening to it earlier absolutely yeah single origin cannabis cracked me up uh yeah. that it's all single origin billy um, um but uh yeah no, uh, fine album. Um, I, you know, I think we're both Beats guys, or at least I am. And uh, so Kenny Seagal really makes it for me. Now I need to just like find out what other things Kenny Seagal is producing. Um, yeah. Oh, he's got an album with Serengeti. Serengeti is good. <laughs> I've seen a picture of him. You could be Kenny Seagal. That's no, yeah, he's just like a Jewish guy who's yeah. middle-aged. <laughs> I assume he's Jewish. Seagal sounds Jewish to me. Like, Maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> We'll let it go. Oh, he's from Maryland. There you go. Um, yep. uh, okay, yeah. yeah, good stuff. Uh, let's close. Yeah, and Billy Woods is, like, producing music all the time. Like, he had another album in the last six months. Oh, yeah, and I saw him with Armand Hammer here in Tucson. They were fun. He's part of that uh, duo. 
Yeah. Unfortunately, the um, the sound was terrible, but that was not their fault. That's the, always the risk with the hip hop show. Yeah, especially yeah at a place that's not really a hip hop venue usually. Uh, let's close out uh, by um, yawning. Yes, by listening to a Smashing Pumpkins song. Yes. Uh, that is, uh, I'm going to give the prelude beforehand just what it is. Uh, the Pumpkins released, uh, they've been slowly releasing, and by they I really mean Billy, a 33-song album called Autumn, uh, a rock opera. We've talked about it, supposedly a sequel to Melancholy and Machina. It's not really... Um, but it's been coming out uh, song by song, week by week on his podcast. Finally, all 33 tracks were out. The actual album was released. Um, you know, you could buy the vinyl or whatever, or the CD. Um, but you could also get the special edition box, uh, which came, and this is only available in this box, with five 10-inch records, or sorry, five seven-inch records for 10 total songs that mm-hmm. comprise uh, an, an album, uh, although whether it will stay an album or is an album in either form, but they come... Um, it's an uh, album's worth of material. What's that? I said, it, but it's an album's worth of material. An album's worth of material, yes, uh, called uh, Zodian at Crystal Hall. It's the name of it altogether. Oh, I said Zodion in my head. Zodion. It's probably Zodion. Um, I just decided to say it that way. Uh, we'll just, you know, you don't go with the way you think since it's a Billy Corgan thing. Um, yeah, it's true. We'll listen to one of the tracks from that now uh, called All right. uh, Magdalena. Coming up. Magdalena uh, from Zodion at Crystal Zodion. Zodion. Uh, I've listened to this entire album, the Rift uh, MP3s, uh, f- downloaded from Soulseek, um, uh-huh. which is uh, part of why it 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 makes me uh, it it f- it fills me with a particular rage uh, because. <laughs> um, the whole album, all ten songs, are the band in the room. Uh, you know, Jimmy, James, and Billy 
probably Jeff and someone playing the Mellotron on a lot of tracks too, playing like, you know, a, uh, some form of 60s psychedelic rock, folk rock. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and just all 10 tracks are like real rock songs uh, with uh, actual harmonies. There's no weird synth bullshit. Uh, you know, Billy is still singing in his new weird style, but not with like a strange chorus of Billy's. Uh, yeah, in I assume his new weird style is enforced physiologically, but maybe not. Yeah, yes, um, some debate over that, and it just uh, the idea what what makes this song. I mean, this song is good. It's catchy. It's had as a Machina style, like uh, you know, yes. happy vibe. You know, happy go lucky. Uh, everything's fucked, but we're still gonna we're gonna vibe yeah. within it. Um, no, it's very. What is the name of the last track? It's very the last track from Machina. Age of Innocence, yeah, yes, yeah, and uh, just the idea that the audacity after uh, a decade plus of just putting out um, bloated crap to um, complete bullshit, just show that they could easily just be putting out interesting, to better than average good even like just rock records for me to listen to from my yeah just competent music just you know (laughs) trying some stuff playing good songs and now here it is i can't even fucking buy i can't even stream this (laughs) you can't you can't even buy it on vinyl for a reasonable price no it's 500 now the only thing left is a 500 signed edition i'm not gonna do that it's like you know, and there's some, he says, ah, I've got a plan to put this out. I can't reveal it yet, which means it's, you know, who the fuck knows. But it's like, oh my God. it's such, it's just such bullshit because it's good. It's good. The rest of the album is good too. There's other, there's other good stuff on it. It has this, uh, you know, um, it, it's music made to be, um, you know, interesting and inspiring and thoughtful and not music made to be popular, uh, which is such a dumb fucking thing for them to try and do now anyway. Uh, do you think that's what he's doing? Like, he's terrible at it if that's what he's trying to do. Well, it's like we we read that interview from Paz on here, like uh, uh, where she's like, you know, with this, I mean, that was Zwan, so that was a long time ago. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, But Billy- back then he thought that, like, that he still thought that rock could be popular. That's or, true. You know, he thought he was rock. only a record away from it. But I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I think that I don't think he he expects it to be popular in that sense. But I think he uh, seeks music that it will be like on the radio or on like people's playlists or just some form of popular um, that yeah. he thinks is not connected to music like this. Um which I guess I, I, I don't know. <laughs> it is really hard to know. So like this, the existence, I've only listened to this one song. Yeah. And I agree with you. It's like a, you know, it might, it's like the 10th best wistful ballad bit Billy has ever produced, but like, that's a very good song. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, he's just that great or was, um, but, uh, uh, the, the fact that they could even produce a competent song uh, seemed impossible with whatever track that was we listened to like two episodes ago or whatever. Yes. Um, like that was so bad that you can't imagine the person doing that having the judgment required to put to piece together a good song. And yet you're telling me now he's got 10 of them uh, that are basically like, you know, sort of 
you know, a faded version, I'm assuming. Like, the, if, if, if they're like that song, they're like a faded version of what made him great 20-plus years ago, mm-hmm. um, which is still pretty good and certainly not shameful. That's what happened. That's how a lot of artists uh, age. Uh, and they can also often produce, you know, a few interesting things as they do, um, even if they're not quite at their peak. Uh, the fact that this even exists just, like, you know, it... it I have to like reformulate my theory of Billy Corgan and how he came to be what he is. Um, because it's actually, I find him to be, I guess maybe this is why we keep talking about him besides the fact that we've just loved his music for too long. Um, he's an, he's just like an interesting case study in like what happens to people. (laughs) How does human talent work? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like how can you be that big of a fucking genius? Like, you know, I listened to to Magdalena last night for the first time when you sent it to me. And immediately afterwards, because I'd bought it recently, I put on the Pisces Iscariot vinyl. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, I had been thinking like, oh, Magdalena, yeah, this is pretty good. Joe's right. And then you put on Pisces Iscariot, which is his cast-off songs from 30 years ago. And uh, they're just so good. Mm-hmm. Just such good songs. Yeah. So much better. Um, and, uh, you know, how can somebody be that big of a genius and then just, like, lose it? completely and then the, this complicates it further because he hasn't actually lost it completely there's something in him that understands it but apparently he's so insane he doesn't even know where his strengths are anymore i don't know it's very funny yeah i went back and listened to some of his unreleased solo stuff from like 2005 like just a couple tracks mm-hmm. and this definitely doesn't have that you know there's there's stuff in those songs that has what's in pisces where it's like truly yeah. Um, you know, kind of walking on this, like, you know, tightrope above above the abyss. Uh, mm-hmm. And, um, it, you know, this the stakes are not there in this song uh, the way they were in those songs. But I, I just it it is fascinating. It is fascinating to see, like, so many things have happened to this artist that, yes, did produce all the stuff that we, you know, uh, absolutely cherish and um he obviously cares a great deal as well about figuring out what that means and like you know what he means to people what his music means like what you know how he should continue on using his his gift because he he does the the thing about it is like unlike other artists a lot of other artists he still spends like a ton of his time making music like he's not out on yeah. his yacht like he obviously cares about making it because uh, he keeps doing it. I mean, it, like, he has done over. more to present this recorded music than almost anybody in recent time. It's a 33-song epic concept album that he's produced like two hours of podcast commentary about each song to release it. Like, yeah, he definitely cares. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it it's, you know, I think there might also be some aspect where like he doesn't trust people to uh take music like this track um the right way you know he he thinks it's it's almost like he's shielded against releasing this sort of more um stripped down music uh you know and having it maybe you know maybe a little bit you know but like you know having an album like this come out people being like this sucks (laughs) is (laughs) <laughs> maybe it would maybe be more difficult for him but of course that's you know uh yeah you have to put that risk out there because it do- it doesn't suck <laughs> yeah no that was a very competent song that i like i could there are definitely moments that get a rise out of me during yeah it. and uh 
it's always just good to hear Jimmy going hard. Yeah. It did make me think, I we need to get Jimmy out of the Smashing Pumpkins. Like he's <laughs> yeah. a really good drummer. <laughs> he needs he needs a new muse. Yeah, but he won't ro- he won't do any rock drumming out of the Smashing Pumpkins. That's the problem. Uh, you know. It's too bad. He's so fucking good at yeah. it. <laughs> I mean the jazz records are good, but it's it's, you know, uh but I mean, I mean, and he maybe an maybe there are other jazz drummers who jazz band, yeah. you know, and I, I mean, he has a, you know, I feel like that doesn't. I mean, but just like what his strength is just being so propulsive as a rock drummer. Yes. It's crazy. Yes. He's awesome. Yeah. Uh, the the uh, Cloud Nothings drummer that they have now, that guy rocks in a similar way. Yeah. He plays. They play way faster, of course, but uh just a fucking animal. And I think I talked about this on the podcast when I saw them live. Just uh, an amazing physical specimen to watch drum uh, the way they play. It would be it cool. Was. That would be cool if Jimmy was in like an indie rock band, like with a bunch of like 24 year olds in him. Yeah. Who are like playing fast and hard yes. and he can just go nuts. That would be cool. I'd be down with that. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's it. I could, I could keep complaining about this, but, uh, no, no, okay. Yeah, I want to affirm your complaints. Like yeah. this is really fucking. Um, <laughs> uh, I was going to use a nineties-ism there. It's really fucking lame. Um, to uh, <laughs> right to yes. actually pre- record that uh, music and then uh, and then just release it like that. Like I love vinyl and everything, and I love I, I support artists uh, f- controlling their product the way they can. But come on. Uh, like just, uh, it should not be that hard to get uh, a copy of the new Pumpkins music. It should certainly not be on some sort of limited edition where you can run out of affordable copies of it if that's how you're going to release it. Yes, right. Yes, they will soon run out of copies of this, and it will be you know unattainable except by pirating or through uh, yeah. discogs. Um, yeah, lame. Yeah, dumb. Um, and uh, you know. I think it's. I think the what the other bummer about it is that uh, they finally release a good song. I can't even like tell people about it except here. <laughs> yeah. I can't even share it with people. Yeah, it's like it's like you actually have to become a hipster from 15 years ago to talk to the people about this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, anyway, the adventure continues. Yep, the adventure of following <laughs> Billy Corgan. 54. What a guy. <laughs> what a guy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, all right. All right. Good night, everybody. Yeah, it's been fun.